right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up podcast preview of the PGA Championship edition. Solly here. DJ Pie is here. Greetings. Hello. TC is here. Solly, great to be here. Randy is calling in from Denver. Hello, Big Randy. Hello, guys. Just beating up the listener line. Thank you for having me. We are excited to preview a lot of stuff. I'm going to get right into this one uh, with, you know, we usually kind of give the, the website and the code at the end of a read. We're going to hit it, hit you with it right off the top. TravisMatthew.com. Go there today to order the perfect short and perfect polo, and you can use code NLU20 to get 20% off your first purchase. That's NLU20 at TravisMatthew.com on your order today. Well, listen, we don't hit the ball like the pros do, but we can look like them thanks to the fact that you can also wear shorts in, in at tour events now, which remember when you couldn't do that? That was the... That was one Those of the were dumbest, the good old days. Dumbest honestly. rule ever. Nobody died when they changed that rule. John Rahm, Joel Damon, and Keegan Bradley are all rocking the Zena. Travis Matthews' perfect polo on the course this week. They're comfortable. They're quick drying. They're versatile. It comes in 11 different colors. The guys are wearing the Beck, uh, the Travis Matthews' perfect short during the practice rounds. The Beck has enhanced stretch. It's the perfect blend of comfort and performance. So, again, go to TravisMatthew.com today to order the perfect short and perfect polo. Use code NLU20 to get 20% off your first purchase. That's NLU20 at TravisMatthew.com on your order today. Also, a quick congratulations and good luck to Sonny Skinner, who is 60 years old, might I add, who is playing in the PGA Championship this week. He's a Callaway staffer from Spring Hill Country Club in Georgia and Brett Walker from Sunnybrook Country Club outside Philly. Uh, they're the two Callaway club professionals that made it into the PGA Championship. How cool is that? Hell yeah. Sonny Skinner, great name. Randy, will you apologize so, for not liking Beck? No, Beck sucks. And also... <laughs> They shouldn't let the pros wear shorts. Very disrespectful. Oh, my God. Those are two of your of your worst takes. In a career of bad takes, those are two of your worst. <laughs> Randy, let's start with you. What has got you excited about Kiowa this week? A couple of things. First and foremost, I do not have many memories of 2012. Rory's win at Kiowa. And so in between then and now, we, of course, had the chance to play Kiowa during Tour Sauce Season 6. So I'm really excited to see the course. One that I've played host a, a major championship now. It will be fun to, you know, it's always kind of a thrill when uh, a course that I've played personally hosts a major championship. I honestly don't think it's happened much. So very excited about that. And then the only other thing I'm excited about, Spieth, officially a contender. You know, I don't think we, we don't have to pray for it. We don't have to want it. Uh, he's, he's officially back and it, it just makes golf more fun when uh, he's in the mix. Hey, man, I could sense some actual real excitement from you there. That got me excited. I like that. TC, what's got you excited? I think the fact that I truly have no concept of what's going to happen. I think there's, it, I don't feel like this place, maybe then true Pete Dye fashion, it doesn't really, doesn't really suit anybody. It doesn't really favor one style over another. I think, you know, uh, Rory won last time. Driving's important, but some of your models are spitting out driving accuracy is important. And then, uh, you know, having played there, I know the, the greens are relatively flat in spots. You've got the Paspalum green. So just very keen to see how it plays. And uh, hopefully the wind gets going a little bit on Saturday, Sunday. Hopefully, you know, up to 15-ish. 
It's a little mysterious what the wind's going to do. It doesn't look like it's going to rage, but and again, it's we're recording this on Monday. A lot can change in a uh, you know forecast, if you will. DJ Pi, what's got you excited about the PGA Championship this week? Always fun to hear Tron talking about your models. It kind of calls to mind like uh, you know the hurricane spaghetti models. Like <laughs> Solly's maybe you know he's got it spinning out towards Bermuda. Solly uh, hates the European model. Yeah, it's it's weird. He's got Corey Connors is like you know should be like five to one. It just it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Me, but I take the models and then wide. just draw on the end of them. Also, <laughs> I was gonna say wide bands right now, very wide bands. So this is gonna sound like uh, you know I'm, I'm placating or I'm doing a bit. What I'm honestly excited for is the CBS ESPN product this mm. week. I'm excited to see what the uh, what the TV partners bring. It's it's truly like a, I saw Jeff Shackelford had a a newsletter this week that was how much coverage is too much coverage, uh, which is a great question to be asking at this part of the week. I, I love uh, missing on that side, missing high. I think we've got like 12 hours of coverage every day. The The CBS folks obviously have been pushed forward, I think, uh, with whether it's new production team, whether it's new contracts, all kinds of stuff. But we saw a lot of flashes of some really good stuff over the last, you know, really over the West Coast swing through the Masters. And uh, I'm excited to see what they do at a big major championship that's not you know, kind of hand-holding by Augusta National. And, and a scenic one at that, too. And a very, very scenic one. Should be a shitload of drone stuff. A lot of the, uh, whatever it is, the Atlas cam, the Goodfellas cam, the steady cam that they're following guys off the greens. Uh, I'm just, I'm excited to see. I think it's going to be a great week to to settle in and watch golf. I'm excited for, to not feel like a uh, kind of a nomad wandering around trying to figure out what this golf means. That's how I feel about pretty much every event from the Masters up to this new PGA Championship date. Not a lot of times do you get all, none of the times do you get a lot of the top players in the world all on the golf course all at the same time. And we had that this week. That has me excited um, just because I think the golf's just been a little bit hard to get into since the Masters. Excited for this venue. The more, you know, I kind of kind of been apprehensive about the venue going into it. I, I don't think it's the most ideal venue to attend an event. Like as a fan, it seems like very difficult to get around and walk, but I'm not attending. So why do I care about that? I think it should present pretty well on TV. I don't think the golf is going to be that exciting. I think the most exciting golf we've documented many times is when the golf ball rolls a lot. Past Palmgrass, it rolls some, but it's not like a defining characteristic of this course that, you know, you need to be coming in from this spot because you can't hold the green from this spot, blah, 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 because all of the greens have weird angles and, and difficulty for, you know, a challenge presented to you to get up onto the playing surface. Because they're all like, they're all elevated. Yeah, they're elevated and they sit different directions. And sometimes you can't even create a good angle from you because it's, it's wide-ish, but not that wide. So... Do I think it's the most amazing golf course for, to watch tournament golf? Probably not, but I think at the same time it's going to create, you know, it's going to be a good good theater for it, a good setting. One thing I think is cool, I, I totally agree, and and I think one of my lasting memories of, of playing Kiwa will be walking off that that stretch of 16, 15, 16, 17, 18, just right into the teeth of the wind and just feeling like, man, I, nobody needs to ever see me play this golf course. I don't need to be playing this golf course, but I'm really stoked to see the best players in the world play this golf course because I think that's who it's built for. And to your point, I think what's kind of interesting about it, and maybe you can say this about Pete Dye in general, is you know there'll be plenty of, I'm sure there'll be plenty of uh, semi misguided takes this week about you know well it's a it's a Lynx golf course, it's right by the sea, there's there's no trees out there, it's a you know it's total Lynx course. Uh, it's not obviously it doesn't play as you mentioned, Sal. It doesn't. The ground game is not really how you play that golf course. It's it's still very you got to hit to the right segments of greens and all that stuff. But 
it is very unique. Like it, it's very, uh, it's very, very different. Like it's wide open. It, it, the wind hammers the ball out there. You can't really run it up, but it feels like you could. It's just, it's, I, I don't know. Unique is not always good, I guess, but I think in this case, it's, uh, I can't really compare it to too many different places, which I think, you know, if nothing else is, is interesting. Keeps you on your toes all day. It keeps you kind of, it's very technical, like any die. Right. So I think like if, a, a, a hole that springs to mind for me is nine. Yeah. Like what you were saying, Solly, crazy, the way the green kind of slopes or angles away from you. And there's some, there's some very distinct ridges and it really messes with your eye from the fairway. That's that bunker looks, I don't know. I don't even know how you place where that little bunker is on nine off the tee uh, from an aerial perspective. It's like, Oh, it's yeah. Kind of right center of this fairway. It's pretty easy, but from the tee, it just does not look that way. And it's, Kind of, it's that on repeat, you know, for for eighteen holes for these guys, and I, I will say it is a refreshing change of pace from definitely from Beth Page. I've been adamant that I hated that setup, and I think it, the PJ Championship was kind of starting to turn into U.S. Open light, and we just don't need two of those, just because I think it rewards one kind of playing style. Harding Park was a little bit stepped down from Beth Page in that regard, but kind of still too much on the bomber and and hack it out of the rough setup. There's not really rough on this golf course, as far as I remember, or as far as I can tell. Scrub and and waste area. So there's some a little bit more width to the fairways, yet the playability aspect of it is not that wide. Like you, you do not want to be off the the planet on this golf course. It's not a hit it anywhere, bomb it anywhere, and go find it. Because if you're missing in some of these spots, like it, you might not find the ball. It's going to be in just wasty area that's no no fun at all to play out of. So. I find that interesting, you know, looking at the data golf setup, it shows that it, it, you know, this course is rewarding driving accuracy a little more than most PGA tour courses. And the rest of them kind of really fit very well in terms of, you know, not dry, you know, driving distance is always going to be an advantage, but it's not any more of an advantage at Kiowa than it is most other courses. But the accurate, the guys getting the boost from them are the, the more accurate drivers, Corey Connors, Colin Morikawa, Abraham answer. Uh, Neil's boy Chez, of course, getting a big boost from them, but that that was interesting. Chez to me. in the field. We I don't we know. expect this storm to take a hard right toward towards the Isle of Wight. Uh, people in you know people in Charleston have nothing to worry about. That's what I'm saying. These models are they're a little suspect when they're when they're thrown out. Yeah, these guys are going to thrive out there. It's still a 7,800 yard golf course. It's going to be extremely long. So I, I I just I had this uh, pegged out for for my kind of. You know, I love going through and and looking at who played well here last time. Can I read off the top ten from the 2012 PGA Championship? A lot of Europeans for your guys' models. Uh, Rory minus thirteen, of course. You know that's got to be a great memory for him going into this week. Love that. Uh, David Lynn no longer playing professional golf at at minus five solo second. Keegan Carl Pedersen, Ian Poulter, Justin Rose minus four. Carl Pedersen. Blake Adams, Pedersen. Jamie Donaldson, Peter Hansen, Steve Stricker have minus three. Just a weird collection of yes. guys. That's weird, a weird, weird tournament. collection of guys up there. Blake Adams, really? Yeah. Apparently, I don't yeah. really. I, I it, it's so not mem- when somebody wins by eight, a tournament ends up being really not memorable. Yes, and that, that's what I remember yeah. about Kiowa, unfortunately. So I went back and looked at some of our footage from the day we played Kiowa. First of all, like like you said, Deej, no desire to really go out and play myself, but yeah, I'm excited to watch the pros play it. <laughs> And B, I just remember standing on that 17th tee, being like, yo, this has no fucking chance. <laughs> this is like, I don't even need to hit this. Like, I, I'm just going to go straight to the drop area. Did and, it for, and we for were th- playing 40 or 50 yards up from where the pros are. For the people uh, who will be watching this week, Sally, could you, could you lay out what happened to you and Neil on that 17th hole? 
Just so I, I need people to be able to picture this golf shot. We're having a match, and uh, there's just there's nowhere to hit it. Like that's what's you know makes Kiowa interesting and not interesting in my mind. Like for pros, like this makes sense. Like here, here, pass this test. This is the shot. You got to go through it four times. Everyone's gonna have to do it. Here it is. But for, like for amateurs, it's like, well, where do you bail? There's nowhere to bail. There's nowhere to hit it. And we both kind of tried to bail left. He hits the path and ends up on the tenth green. And I hit the same exact shot, doesn't hit the path, and just comes down in a dune in a footprint. I make triple. He gets it up and down for par. Which he has, I'm trying to get at, what, 70-yard shot? It was 67 <laughs> yards or something like that, yeah. Um, it's just a it's a moonscape. It's a very weird place. We did a lot of history on Kiowa on our uh, 1991 Ryder Cup deep dive uh, podcast, if you want to go back and listen to that. but For, for, for those that yeah, haven't Kuwaitis. listened. Yeah, for yeah. those that didn't listen, give, give us a quick bullet point. Well, it was a golf course that was built uh, for the 91 Ryder Cup. It was decided pretty late in the game that they were going to be moving the Ryder Cup from PJ West to this golf course uh, on Kiowa Island that was not built yet. And, uh, you know, some work was done on it in 1989. Hurricane Hugo came uh, actually while they were playing the Ryder Cup at the Belfry in 89, came and ravaged the east coast of the U.S., most in particularly Charleston in that area. So basically the work that they had done had to be redone and, you know, waterways and marshland was reshaped because of that all the there were snakes and stuff out there because of everything getting disturbed and they had to race to finish it and alice die came up with the idea that they would need to raise the fairways about six feet you know to get views of the ocean and all of the environmental concerns that went into building this golf course having to you know restore some marshland to take away 10 you know acres of marshland and you know destroying logging dams and working it through the night to get this thing ready for the Ryder Cup. And then for so, the Ryder Cup, it was a complete shit show. Like, guys couldn't break 80 in some events, some some sessions. Some were saying the environmental stuff, they kind of got crowned by the hurricane. They got crowned a little bit because they couldn't, no one could get on or off the island. And there was, you know, they, they were probably able to do some skullduggery was the word that I heard uh, <laughs> to prepare it. But uh, it's a fascinating place. It's a unique history and... Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to watch a little bit more. I've gotten more and more excited as the week goes along here to watch some championship. I want to give a shout out also to the guy in the in the mass, or the or uh, podcast of that was walking around with the pistol because there were so oh. many snakes. I, you know, I, I don't want to tell any spectators what to do uh, out there this week, but, you know, a lot of snakes out there, apparently, according to Solly's report. So many snakes on this golf course. <laughs> uh, I just never thought of taking a pistol to hunt snakes. Is that what you would... I mean, it seems thinking. super effective, depending be, on... You have a pretty good shot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're at pretty close range, though, yeah. I think. Yeah. I, I we can know. get into that on another there's podcast. Some good, there's some good short to medium-length par fours out there. Mm -hmm. Like the, There's the one on the front, and there's the one kind of with that lake kind of front right of the green on, on the back as well. It's not a brute. It's 7,800 yards, kind of shock and awe with, with that, but it doesn't play that long. It, it just, it you know, there's not dog legs protected by trees, right, that require you to hit a drive to a certain part of the fairway or anything like that. Like the greens are all going to be accessible. Uh, it's, it, it's it just, I don't know. I did not, honestly, the length was not that big of an issue when we played it. Neil and I played it all the way back. Well, I always find that really interesting too because you're right, like it is 7,800 yards, but explain why that is and what that has to do with the wind and different tees and all that kind of stuff. Whoa. Just the way the way it's routed, and I think this is why, not to steal the point I just asked you to set up, but I think a lot of why people, you know, say it's very link style is just the way it's routed, right? Yeah. It's pretty much straight out, straight back. At least that that back nine. It looks like an old school links golf course where you know the clubhouse kind of sits in the middle, and then you go out for four holes, actually heading east for four holes. Uh, then the fifth hole kind of sits, which is you where know. you feel like a rock star, just straight yeah. downwind. Well, sending it. It was, it. It was into the wind for us, and it's then it was the really cool. 
uh, is that the par five? No, four is the long par four. That the last one that you're going yeah. straight. Where um, you're going like the, the tree. Two where, is where a, Neil hit it sixty five. yards over the green. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. And then five kind of runs sideways, and then you go basically downwind for seven straight holes. And, you know, you go right by the clubhouse again, but you just keep going downwind. Then you turn inland uh, and come back into the wind for the last five holes. That's the way the wind's projected to blow most for the most part for the first three days. And then it's going to be west-southwest is the projected wind for Sunday, which means it'll be pretty much flipped. So it's going to be, that you know. higher stretch from like six through. Yeah, they're like going to play like eight straight 14, holes yeah. down into the wind. But the, the finish is going to be a lot easier coming coming downwind. So, Randy, let me ask you, you know, for, yeah. we talk about models. We talk about all these things, you know, from a pure chaos, uh, just shit your pants standpoint. I mean, have you been more excited for a major than, than this one? Could be absolute carnage. Could be carnage. Yeah, you know, you, you go back to maybe uh, Shinnecock with the shenanigans that are always in play there. <laughs> I, I truly hope, you know, hearing about the wind forecast, that gets me excited. It's not that strong. Play? Don't get too excited. It, it's it's. Well, I've seen the way you react when the wind doesn't <laughs> blow that much, and I just need you to be prepared for it to not blow that much. However, But the difficulty 12, of the course isn't predicated just upon wind either, right? It's a big no. factor, I mean, I'd a, say. But also, it, I mean, like, twelve mile an hour wind right on the ocean is a lot different than twelve mile an hour wind at Oak Hill or you know something like that. And to at least have it flip, like I hope it does flip because I think that's cool. Where the guys have to play it, you know, you kind of get used to it over three days, and then if it did flip Sunday, I, I think that's a fun little uh, variable. You know, all, all of a sudden the course is going to play a lot different on Sunday. I'm uh, count me in on that. And they have the the course actually tips out like eighty three hundred yards. They would never set it at that, but because of these you know these holes that go in opposite directions, each hole needs to have the option to be moved back if it's going to be playing downwind. So again, you're never going to see it tipping out all the way. Like a lot of the end of the wind holes, I'm sure they're going to move tees up some. Cowards. But you know, like the the uh, the sixth hole is a par four that kind of is at the corner, like the east the southeast corner. Uh, that one with the helping win, I'm guessing they're going to go all the way back to about 530. So I think Neil and I played it at. It's going to play as a par four. But then the next hole is number seven is a par five that's going to be dead downwind and reachable. So between those two, it's like a par nine. And yeah, that's that's going to be uh, an interesting little stretch to watch. Not really a golf course architecture thing, but last thing I had in my notes. Did you guys see the story about David Lynn uh, reminiscing about feeding the Gators pizzas? No. During no. the week, and he would he would load up the pizzas with hot sauce and peppers to see how hot he could get them before the Gators would uh, would not eat them anymore. David Lynn seems like a you know to- a casualty of the game of golf. It's a bummer he's he's not around. He, he had played, some he absolute played. fiery takes. That was early Twitter days. He played really well in the Masters one year too, didn't he? I think so. I think he was a menace for like eighteen months and then yeah. kind of disappeared. So I w- <laughs> would encourage everybody to look up that. Uh, that pizza story. A couple notes before we get going. You mentioned the TV schedule here this week and how many hours they're showing. ESPN Plus on Thursday and Friday, starting at 7 a.m. all the way to 1 p.m. That does require subscriptions. Go ahead and get mad about that now <laughs> and then pay it and watch it because it's actually a really, really good production. I love the ESPN production. It feels... I don't know why for a major championship for me, hearing different voices just elevates the event so much for me. And then and not to twist this into, you know, this isn't CBS's fault, but like once their personalities come on, it just kind of feels like a PGA Tour event again. And so I love, you know, Sean McDonough. I assume Sean McDonough is on, the, on part of the call this week. Of course, Scott Van Pelt, uh, who you'll hear later in this podcast episode. 
Um, or if you're watching this on YouTube, head over to our podcast feed and check that out as well. But I just I get amped up here, and those guys cover golf because they it, it feels like they treat it like a very major championship. Plus, Anyways, plus they're fresh. Yeah, right? they're they have, they're bringing some energy. Yeah, and then so it's on ESPN Plus from 7 a.m. to 1 p.m. and then ESPN from 1 p.m. to 7 p.m. So we're we're watching 12 hours of golf on Thursday and Friday. Uh, Saturday and Sunday goes ESPN Plus from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. and then ESPN 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. and then CBS from 1 to 7 p.m. Big balls balls in the air at 5 a.m. on ESPN Plus Mountain Time. Well, I got an answer for that earlier question. You know, what's too much golf? On <laughs> <laughs> no, props to them, man. I mean, that's 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 incredible. And and I want to give a shout out to uh, I think it was Deep Fried Egg on Twitter was was reminiscing about the days where. Uh, we couldn't watch golf because Charmed was on TNT. So, <laughs> yeah. and then uh, EJ shout out to all the Charmed on. fans out there. Yeah, we haven't mentioned Pass Palum yet. I don't think that's the grass type. It's, you mentioned you made sticky. It's, sticky. it's, it's very sticky. sticky stuff. Yeah, uh, no grain in it. You're just going to hear. It. Every, I don't know what it is. Every time that there's a non Bermuda or non bent grass on a golf course, the announcers will say it very, very, very many times. So you'll hear that word a lot. Randy, can you, you know, the Jack's Beach Muni, of course, past Palum, uh, can can you speak to, you know, what these guys should be doing around the greens on those closely mown areas? I, I'd encourage everybody to, to reach for a wood. I would maybe put a hybrid in the bag this week if, if you don't carry one. Uh, I think that is the sporting play all week. I think um, that also goes back to, like, you got to get the ball close here. There's not a whole lot of mounds up up on the greens to really feed it in. Like, you got to hit, you got to hit good iron shots and you got to, Becoming you know, like mostly f- like from the fairway, it's a lot tougher to come out of that. You got to be decisive. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's there's a there's a big difference between the 25 feet and and a 10 footer, or there's a big or a thinner margin for error because you can't feed it off as many mounds up yeah. on the greens. There's not as many collection areas. They're pretty flat. And I think there's a lot of you know what we've seen in past PGA Championships where you know you miss the green and it it kind of rolls a foot off into the thick rough and you're kind of chopping mm-hmm. chopping it back on the green. Not a lot of that out there. Nope. Be a lot of the ball running away from the hole. A lot of like if you're going at the flag and miss, you can be foobarred pretty quickly. Uh, I'm I'm excited, man. It's gonna be I gonna kn- be a good week. I got something I know Big Randy's excited about. All waste areas, no rakes out there this week. What do you think about that? We love it. We love it. We, you know, I, I, I hope people get rubbed of the green. I hope it becomes a factor. We're playing real golf this week. Exactly. <laughs> they, will be, they will be required to hit cups also. Uh, we got a bunch of good Twitter questions. going to get to as many as we can here. Eric Quiz 2096 asks, what are the differences in the course and playing conditions this May versus August 2012? Uh uh, which we should look to make to the biggest difference. Who sh- who does that benefit slash hurt? Uh, I got deep on the weather patterns of Kirkiwa Island for this. May is one of the drier months on the island uh, and much, much less humid than it was in August. Uh, the wind is slightly stronger in May than August, uh, but not the windiest season at Kiowa. The, the, the winter is the windiest time there. Uh, the wind direction is predominantly out of the south this year, which we, you know, we are looking to have that easterly wind as mentioned, and then west there on the Sunday. So the the south wind would actually give you a lot more crosswinds, uh, and this is going to be more direct down and back, which I think is actually a little more interesting. So it's kind of pre thunderstorm season, yes, I guess, right? And then, so long story short, I don't see it making a big difference other than I think comfort level for all those attending and playing in it will be much, much, much better than it was in August. Uh, and less chance for weather delays, which I, I, there's none projected. There were some weather delays in 2012. It's uh, just like you said in August. That's that's storm season. So and with the um, 
the you know, less fans, it'll probably be more pleasant for the media. Not as much traffic with the media shuttle. We will be doing a whole podcast, I believe, next you know tomorrow coming out on the whole oral history of uh, of the media shuttle. Porath had a great piece. Oh God, that was so good. (laughs) Yeah, would encourage everybody to read that. Red and Porath for Golf Digest. So yeah, I think this the PGA moving to May is very fit for a site like this. Some of the other sites that they are going to, I would not say so. Uh, Oak Hill, and, and yeah, that's going to be a little question mark. I that's going to be sick. Like, Beth Page was a question mark. Anything can happen in in the Northeast in in uh, in May. But yeah, this is a great golf. This is one of the best times. The tourist index for this for Kiowa. Is we're in the the two month period. This is the spring period, and then the fall period is actually October. So I looked that up this as is, well. This is the high season. Love yeah, that. I want to isolate that. Randy's quote from earlier about the wind potentially switching on Monday, and how you thought that would quote be cool to see a different look because it's setting up for a pre crowning if if fifteen through eighteen are are playing downwind. Let, let, at least let him flip that on I just, Sunday. I just want to get yeah. ahead of that. I just want to get ahead of that. Let him get his that's bullshit. You can't. You you've already dug yourself into a quarter on that one. Uh, we'll respectfully we'll let it play out to see if there's a crown in here. Yeah, and we're just we're just happy that you know. <laughs> respectfully, I forgot I said that. <laughs> they don't have to worry about losing the past ballon greens. That's true. I'm just I'm just you know if it's like other events, if the wind's over five miles per hour, I'm worried they're just going to drench the greens. Apparently, <laughs> you know, once it gets up to seven, baby, you, you better slow them down. These are bad. You guys, guys were asking too, like what the other stuff you're you're excited about. I forgot to give a shout out to Omar Uresti. Mm. Obviously earned his earned his way in, you know, playing against the rest of his fellow club pros, teaching pros, all that, and uh, you know he'll he'll be in the field slowing things down. I hope that the this customer- is very much a TC. I seed my time on Omar Uresti. <laughs> but one more thing about Omar Uresti. I hope they get the shop covered while he's exactly. while he's away this week. Well, he's got no hope this week because there's no trees out there. He can't play into the shade like he was doing at Quail Hollow. I've never seen a man sweat that much on a golf course. I, I legit think he was starting to aim for shaded areas on the golf course. That's a heady play. Let's talk about some players, should we? I, I, we got all amped up talking about Kiowa. First guy we got to talk about, of course. A uh, question comes from Ethan Payne Bees on Twitter. If Spieth continues to be a strokes gained tee degree machine, what's stopping him from being at con- in contention at this course? I know distance is a factor, but it seems like course fit doesn't mean as much if someone is coming in rolling. I just worry about start lines with him. Where to start it and having a because there's there's a few holes, especially on that front nine, where you gotta like it's a very arbitrary. <laughs> you're picking out like there's not a whole lot in the on the horizon or in the distance. And so it's tough to get something to aim off of. That was what I remember like struggling with a lot out there. And I feel like guys that are, that are, that have maybe fought the driver here recently that, you know, potentially have a two way miss. It's tough to commit to a certain line, especially on some of those long par fours. I found it interesting that data, our, our data golf friends actually knock speed a little bit because of the course fit and it, it, the, because of this course, you know, rewarding driving accuracy, maybe a little more than others. Uh, he actually gets gets dinged a little bit because of his uh, lack of accuracy off the tee, for for lack of a better phrase. But it's I, I wonder too how much of that is kind of lagging data on him not playing nearly as much as good a golf as he has played in recent months. But they're giving boost to guys like I said, like Corey Connors, Morikawa, Abe Anser, and Keegan Bradley were the guys that stuck out the most. But if we're talking about Spieth, I think PGA Championship chances are much better on something like this than a Beth Page. Even though I know he finished third at Beth Page, that was like. That was the Band-Aid major, if I remember that right. He was making everything he looked at. Uh, I like it on a golf course that's... I, I hate calling courses a second-shot course, but if this is more second-shot related than I think some of those, like a Beth Page would be. So 
it's going to be some kind of the, somebody that mashes irons, gets a ball in play and mashes irons this week that is going to win this tournament. And I like his chances in that regard. Listen, I, yeah, of course. <laughs> You're not going to argue with any of that. I, I think it's uh, – I'm with you. I think if, if he's going to win a PGA, sure. this this feels like feels like a pretty good one. Would love to get a list going of third-shot golf courses. Maybe we can take that <laughs> offline. I'm, yeah, that, like the old, that old course, maybe. That's Randy's dream. This could be a third shot course too, because there's you know people are going to miss a lot of greens, and then it's right. going to roll away. So there's going to be a lot of chipping. Pinehurst might be a third shot Total golf course. Third shot golf course. Yeah, you got to putt a lot, of, <laughs> putt and chip a lot around those greens. Anything else to add on Spieth? Oh, the best. He's for sure going to win, but other <laughs> person might win. <laughs> Rory from uh, J A C I N C M on Twitter. Uh, does Rory commit to the fade, or does he go back to the draw after a disastrous round one? I'm seeding my time on Rory for the next 15 seconds until <laughs> somebody. I Rory, so this is a great golf course for Rory to stick to the fade. I think because there's no holes that are forcing you with trees off the tee. Like you can, that's why this would be a good DJ golf course too, because he hits a cut on every hole. But you know, there's some holes like at Wells Fargo at Quail Hollow. I know he won, but it looks it's like all right, dude. I kind of want to draw this driver. You're just itching to hit the draw. Yeah, yeah. and Kiowa, of course, you do want to shape it a certain way, but not having trees decide what shot shape you have to hit is an advantage for somebody that wants to hit a ball one way the whole week yeah that's interesting i didn't i I didn't watch a ton of it's funny how this happens when you take weeks off or whatever like i didn't watch a ton of quail hollow so that's almost like a you know total just blind spot in my mind where i'm i'm still going off of like ah rory's been sucky lately man like i don't know i don't see it like "Ah, (laughs) i guess he just won yeah so i don't know i you know totally make for make of that what you will but uh it listening one by eight last time i gotta think that's gonna He's coming off a victory, and he won here by eight last time. So. What year was that? 2000, 2012. 12. Yeah. And then how many – where did that fall in his in his chronology of majors? That was his second. So he won 2011 congressional by eight shots. Then he won Kiowa by eight shots. And then he won 2014 uh, at Hoylake, and then he won at Valhalla back-to-back. So this was really his first his first major win. Right, because congressional yeah. doesn't count, of course. <laughs> yeah. DJ from Sam Hick six zero zero seven two five one five. Got to work on the handle, bud. But is this the week Dustin Johnson breaks out of his slump? What's the deal? Is he hurt? Is he injured? Was he just resting because he didn't want to go to Dallas? <laughs> Why did he? Big explanation, right? On, on Twitter yeah. and stuff, just a really so long, long explanation about the the salesmanship club, and I love Dallas and. That was that was very uh, not. He DJ. gave a shout out to Dak Prescott and Luca. <laughs> well, probably the video of him jumping off the boat, doing a backflip off the boat, and yeah. then withdrawing with a knee injury probably just didn't look great. But sure. not the first week this year that he has withdrawn, basically a week of a tournament, and uh, it, it's not good energy around DJ right now. I'm, you know, his odds were pretty far down the sheet. We're going to get to our picks here shortly, but he is, you know, there's some. Good value to be had on him, but I'm not. I'm staying away. This is a, a total, total stay away in my in my book. It, this is such a hedge, and of course, I'm I'm trying to have it both ways. But he is that guy where you say that, and then he could go like he could win by eight this week, like and, he, and then he went by eight, and you're like, of course he won. Yeah, by exactly. Eight. <laughs> and that's where it's just it, it, I don't know. It almost feels like he needs to, you know, he'll decide when he wants to flip it back on, and when he does, you know, he'll he'll be back. It's 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 kind of like the speed thing from. Uh, you know, I guess it's been like a year now, but where it's kind of like, yeah, listen, man, if you want to stay away, stay away. That's fine. But like, if you don't think he's, you know, I think he's probably going to come back at some point. So the the betting, uh, well, 
I just I have no idea. I don't know. He's it's on, it's he's a total on, coin flip. He's on low energy mode right now. Yes. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, low power mode. Yeah. Exactly. But he I mean missed the cut at the Masters right after winning it, right? Like something's not not right. Like it, I just need to see a sign from him before yeah. I'm buying anything leading into a major. It, it, you know, it's not like he's saved up for the major or anything like that. He's not played good golf in, in you know, three months now. So color me concerned. Anyone else you guys want to talk about before we get into to picks, bets, anything? I want to talk about Xander's odds. Okay. Because it's it's Rory at plus eleven fifty, Rom at fourteen fifty, JT at fourteen fifty, Spieth at fifteen hundred. Bryson at sixteen fifty, Xander at at seventeen hundred, and Xander's ahead of head of Dustin Hovland, Berger, Morikawa's thirty to one, Hideki's thirty five to one, um, Big Tones forty to one, Cantlay's forty five to one. Like, he gave up on the American odds halfway through that. He couldn't. He couldn't. He <laughs> oh, couldn't. Yeah. <laughs> I, I hate American odds, but yeah, it's, it's like like he's right there neck and neck with Bryson, right? I mean, they're they're treating him like he is a top three, top four bona fide player in the world and the rank you know the rankings obviously agree with that but i just think it's it's kind of interesting to see him him neck and neck with jt spieth bryson you know ducks in a row i mean his major record you know great. it shows yeah. that right and is you know all the data on his strokes gained and everything shows that he is that player uh you know he gets knocked a lot for not having won one of these but that is not necessarily indicative of his chances of actually doing it. I mean, he's got six top five finishes in 15 majors he's played in. So He's got to be hungry as shit after the yeah. way the Masters ended, yeah. too. So even Maybe they're factoring that into the model. <laughs> but, but, like, like uh, <laughs> Rom's a guy. I have no idea what to do with Rom. Uh, yeah. I, I, right? I just feel like we I need to... What's that? Oh, sorry, I don't want to give away, but I would say just pick him not to win. <laughs> <laughs> you want to do that now? You want to do our picks not to win? No, I mean, whatever. But yeah. before we do that, I, one more bit of positivity. You mentioned him very briefly, TC, and, and he will not really be showing up in my picks for, for reasons I can get into. But uh, I still feel like Hovland hasn't really gotten his due for how fucking good he's been playing. It's been unbelievable. T3, I think, in his last two starts. He has the same odds as Dustin Johnson going into the PGA Championship. Like, that's wild. If you would have told us that a year ago, two years ago, I don't, like, that would have been shocking. Uh, so that, I, I think... He's missed like one cut since the pandemic started. I mean, he's just been incredibly, incredibly solid. So uh, he's another guy like if you're, you know, I feel like these majors are all it's it's such a crapshoot among the horses, right? It's picking guys who, you know, who has the best chance of being up there and maybe it goes their way, maybe it doesn't. And Hovland seems like, you know, he's going to be around 15th, you know, top 15, top 20 for sure. And uh, so it's just, yeah, he the. I wanted to mention that because I don't think we've talked about him enough. We didn't talk about JT at all, which is the question we got uh, as well from uh, Tyler Caven. Is JT coming in under the radar? Feels like there hasn't been a whole lot of talk about him lately. Might be a sneaky good pick. There's too many horses. I know. I can't disagree with that. We haven't talked. There's no parody. There's we haven't talked Bryson many, at all. too many guys. Uh, are, uh, Nick Boone 5 said, are we secretly pulling for Bryson to not record a single birdie at Kiowa and lose the DraftKings prop? <laughs> which we'll get to in a second. Yeah. Imagine? Hell yeah. <laughs> no, it's a pro- there's a promo going on here. Okay. We'll, we'll get to that here in a second. But... Um, Man, yeah, I, I think there's a lot of like middle of the road guys that like a Zalatoris, a Sungjae, a Cam Smith. There's, there's, there's. I'm very, I'm really keen to see who who kind of emerges from that, you know, forty to one to seventy five, eighty to one uh, 
you know, which I think this makes it a good golf course for majors, yeah. right? That we, I, you know, there's certain ones you can, you know, put these guys right here and say, I know they're going to be there for the most part. And that comes true. And this is not one of them. Like a true, it's hard to cover everyone that's going to, we probably haven't said the name of the winner of the tournament yet, which uh, would be very interesting. I'm sure we did that with the Masters. We did not talk about Hideki leading into the Masters. So instead of trying to cover them all, why don't we get into our picks? Who is not going to win the DJ Pie slash Solly slash Big Randy Memorial? You know, we always pick somebody that is close to one of the top guys on the odds sheet as who will not win the tournament. And uh, you, the, the goal is to fly as close to the sun as possible uh, on picking this guy. And I'm ready for your guys, your guys' picks. Randy, let's start with you. Well, yeah, I tip my hand a little bit. Um, you know, obviously John Rahm and then the, the two... The two automatics. Uh, good to see Ricky get an invite this week. Uh, That'd be cool for win. you. Yes, exactly. Uh, and then Finau. Come on, it is nice to see Finau's odds start to drop. He's, I think, down at forty to one. All right, that's... If you want to apologize for that, Solly, anytime. I, DJ and I will have. I mean, I would, I would. I listened to the. I listened to the recap. I didn't hear you guys talk much about him missing the cut at Wells Fargo. Seems like such a perfect golf course for him. Not concerned. Maybe a little too perfect. You don't get to talk about when he misses the cut, right? Because a second place and a missed cut is equal in your guy's mind. So you don't get to cover. You don't get to do that. It's Not either win or lose. It's, all, it's history's mind as it's well. All, it's just win or lose. That's all that matters. Nobody's talking point. about David Lynn this week. That's all I'm saying. All Randy, that matters. Randy, is, is Rory automatically considered as a can't win in your book because he's he's not alive? Um mm. That, that's a great question. Not necessarily. We're, we might, guys, I hate to say it, we might be on a sort of a zombie apocalypse. Uh, <laughs> I was going to ask if there's any breakthrough science, uh, you know, on the horizon, yeah. possibly. Any Lazarus think, drugs coming out this week? I think Rory might be uh, walking dead here sooner than later. Ted, oh, Williams. Yeah, Ted, Williams. Ted Williams is coming out of the freezer. <laughs> the splinter. The mixed splitter. All right, TC, who's, <laughs> TC, who's not going to win? Am I the only one throwing a perfect game on the on the can't win? You and Neil somehow. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I'm going to say Bryson. Ah. I, I say Bryson all the time. I'll I just, join you too. I had yeah. that as well. Just, okay. So let's, yeah. let's like, get it, out of here. It's of it. more just like... Yeah, I just want to root for Bryson not to win. That's yeah. it. Just seems like a lot. Seems like a lot going on this week for for a Bryson golf course. You know, I, I say that he finished what third at the Players or something, right? Uh, another Pete Dye golf course, but yeah, it just feels like doesn't seem to be there right now. It for feels Bryson. like a lot. Yeah. So he'll win by six. <laughs> well, all right. Before we get into picks here, No Lang Up is of course brought to you by our friends at the DraftKings Sportsbook. You can get one hundred to one odds on Bryson DeChambeau recording at least one birdie this weekend. You heard me correct. That turned $1 into $100 in free credits if Bryson has a birdie this weekend. DraftKings has brought their expertise to legal sports betting. It's a legitimate sports book based right here in the U.S., so you can rest assured your funds are totally secure. DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is safe, secure, and reliable. Deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. So head to the app right now and check out all they have to offer, including player props, live betting, and a lot more. And if the sportsbook is not available in your state yet, don't forget about the DraftKings Fantasy app. They're offering a shot at $1 million top prize for this weekend's major. They've also got these really fun championship series we've been talking about where they're minting 100 millionaires in this 21-22 season. Uh, in order to have a shot at a $1 million, you need to win a qualifier contest and the championship final contests are actually in person all over the country. It's pretty fun. So 
Download the top-rated sportsbook app now. Use code NLU when you sign up for a limited time. All new users have a shot at turning $1 into $100 in free bets if Bryson DeChambeau sinks at least one birdie this weekend. Enter code NLU when you sign up to get on the action. Only the DraftKings Sportsbook must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania. Only bonus paid out in four $25 free bets. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for detail. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Indiana, 1-800-9 with it. We rocked them, baby. Great Killed stuff, them, man. baby. Great stuff. I had so much fun doing the doing the pools during the yes. Masters. I, I, I was concerned <laughs> with how much fun I had doing that, but... Uh, why don't Did we... you guys tweet at your guys after they, if they yes. missed yeah. the cut? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you fucked up my team. That's why Faldo blocked me. I picked him to win. <laughs> I told I told Maddie Maddie, Faldo or I, Dick Faldo? I told Maddie and Leash I'm never talking to him again. Yeah, you messed up my team. <laughs> um, why don't we send it to Neil first for his picks, and uh, we'll be back shortly to, to round out ours. All right, ladies and gentlemen, good evening. The Beluga coming to you live from an undisclosed location. He is in the pouch. He is honoring the draft king himself, TC, with the, uh, the middle part from the infamous portrait of my youth. Uh, tough scene. We're getting out of the pouch this week. 20 nuggies, or 200 nuggies, excuse me. Five plays, count them, five plays, excited about major week. First up, Keegan Bradley, top 20, plus 225. I'm not proud of that bet, but a man that came in you know, T3 nine years ago. Uh, feels like a horse for the course. Um, let's go, Keegan. Uh, top 20, Tommy Ladd. That bet hit two weeks ago. We're going back to the well, plus 225. We got 40 nuggies on Keegan. We got 40 nuggies on Tommy Ladd. Next up, Bryson DeChambeau to miss the cut, plus 300. 30 nuggies there. God, I would love some. Timmy, what is happening? I don't know what to do. I think we're going to see that in the wind. Excited about that. Will, Zal- Will Zalatoris, top 20, 60 nuggies, plus 150. Is it a pouch dodge? Maybe. The guy's been hot. Come on. The guy's got to get out of the pouch. Let's go. And then last but not least, 30 nuggies to win. Daniel Berger, plus 3,000. He's hot. The blue guy got an inside tip. He's excited about that one. Let's go launch Makiwa. Back to you, fuck boys. All right. Who wants to start on our end? Randy, why don't we go to you? Uh, listen, we have five picks, as always, this week. Uh, I'm I'm excited about this. I'm excited. Let's start. I have two parlays and then three regular bets. So let's start with the regular bets. I have uh, Love Cam Smith this week. The the mangy dog. You know, a slight home game reading being close there in Jacksonville, Florida. Coming off a win at Stream Song. Coming off a win at Stream Song. Very familiar with Pass Palum, just like they have at Jack's Beach. Uh, I'm, I'm taking him twenty nuggies to win. At uh, plus forty six fifty, I love that. You know what? I got to take. Pl- I got a Cam Smith take. There was a a couple coyotes roaming around out at Chambers Bay. Cam's a coyote instead of a mangy dog. He's like, they're maybe the mangiest dogs. Exactly. Yeah, he, he's the coyote. That's that's like dog killer or coyote. Exactly. <laughs> like that, I feel exactly. like it almost opens up a full new vertical. Um. Uh, so yeah, I you know he's just a type of guy. I feel like he's gonna win a big tournament, and why not this one? Uh, next one, pure heart play, Mr. Mickelson, top forty. Let's oh my do god, it. twenty nuggies plus two fifty. Why the heck not? And then uh, my my third single play. We're actually going to the LPGA. They're in Williamsburg, Virginia, this week, and uh, Madeline Sagstrom, who I, of course total homer. We love her. But she finished runner-up in this tournament in 2019. They did not play it in 2020. She's 100 to one this week, so I'm taking plus 10,000. I'm putting 20 nuggies on Madeline to win uh, out in Williamsburg this week. 
And then two parlays, we're coming back to the PGA. I got a, a kind of one that I'm hoping will hit. I'm taking Cam Smith straight up over Tony Finau. That's minus 110, parlayed with DJ over John Rahm. That's a bit of a flyer, plus 105. So combined, plus 292, 25 nuggies on that parlay. And then my uh, my my last one is just kind of a, a pure heart play. Guys I want to see do well. We got Spieth over Bryson, JT over Rory, Ricky over Sergio, Colin Morikawa over Patrick Reed, and then Will Zalatoris over Corey Connors. All five of those parlayed together is plus 2586, putting 15 nuggies on that. Did you? Does that add up to 200 or 100? Did you remember we're doing 200 for majors? Uh, no, let's double them all. Double them all. <laughs> I was gonna say. Double them all. Double them all and boost I love them. That. I love like that. I had a feeling I could sense that one was coming. All right, DJ, what do you got? Yeah, a couple things. Randy, I've got five plays, as I always do. Uh, I had uh, one guy. I don't know if we really talked about him a ton. Daniel Berger. I know he was a you know hot pick coming out of a, a great week. Last week, uh, I got him for a top 20, plus 138. Just a, a comfy one. You got to wonder if he brought the his armada up. You got to wonder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, the a, fleet. that's a great point. Uh, the, the Commodore, Daniel Berger. Uh, plus 138. I'm putting 30 nuggets on that. Uh, next one is a parlay. Uh, I believe five matchups. Rom over DJ. I think we we talked through that. Hatton over Honest Abe. Uh, you know, despite what the models are saying, I, I love Tyrrell Hatton, uh, Berger over Webb, Spieth over Bryson, of course, and uh, Randy. I hate to do it. I'm gonna I'm gonna go Sergio over Ricky. Uh, that's a real like kind of a pillow fight matchup. <laughs> I think Sergio's coming off like three straight missed cuts. That's that's I'm weirdly excited to to follow that <laughs> matchup and see how that goes. Uh, Rory, I'm gonna hedge all my all my Rory stuff. I'm gonna pick him to win Group A over all the horses. Uh, JT, Rom, DJ, and Bryson. Uh, anytime you get Rory, you know, plus two fifty. I think that's that's a good feeling. So I'll put twenty nuggets there, and then two winner plays. Of course, Jordan. Of course, to win plus fourteen hundred. I'm gonna put a hundred of my nuggets on that. Because I'm going to be so emotionally invested in it anyways, it might as well hit that big payoff. Uh, and then my last winner play, of course, is Max Verstappen to win in Monaco. Uh, mm. uh, plus 140 to to take the, uh, the the Monaco Grand Prix. So 30 nuggets there. Th- those are my picks. All right, DraftKings. Oh, a lot of different directions we can go this of week. Of course. Randy, I thought oh, about going many. to Kingsmill. I thought about Angel Yin. Seems to be trending. She's she's played. She's got a decent record here in the past. But I'm not going there. We're going all PGA. We've got a parlay to start things out. Joaquin over Hideki, Spieth over Bryson, and Honest Abe over Hatton. Uh, we're going 50 nuggies there at uh, plus 561. And then uh, I'm, I'm long, I'd like to remind everybody I am long on Joaquin and Sungjae to win this. Uh, that was in my, in my season-long bets. I'm also I'm, I'm long on Hatton as well. I need, okay. That's a good reminder. And uh, and then it's yeah, like disclosing your yeah, your, of course. Your, and you at, know, your, and your at some point, I'd like to ask, like, can I have my Spieth funds to? No, we've been over this. Okay, get on with it. Okay, uh, and then I'm going, I'm going the coyote, the wily coyote, Cam Smith, top ten plus four hundred for twenty nugs, Tommy Fleetwood, top five plus eleven hundred for twenty nugs. This feels like a a very Tommy Lad course. I hope we get to a very Tommy Lad course know, soon because it's it's been a bummer. And I got Zalatoris top ten plus four hundred. 
And then I got Big Tone, Tone Dog. I like this course for him. He's been a little up and down here of late, but plus 550 for a top five, 90 nugs. Whoa. And then one guy, Whoa. I didn't I didn't make a play on it, but I'm going to I'm gonna get in the pools and do all that. I think Russell Henley, he's plus 225. Big Charleston guy. Or Sorry, plus. Big, plus big uh, yeah. He, he's basically 225 to one to win. And, he, you know, all the accompanying odds with that. Charleston guy. Seems to play well on on layouts like this. So that'd be fun. I like Russell Henley. I do too. Starting it off with a hundred nugget play. Top wow. ten plus one sixty three. Jordan Spliff. All right, that's my big play this week. I, I I cannot cannot foresee a situation where he's not inside the top ten. Uh, I just it's not adding up to a win for me. I I don't think he's gonna win. Uh, of course, I'll be rooting for that, but it just isn't quite seen like it's there with the putter. But hope to hope to be wrong there. Couple guys, like I said, the data golf models were spitting out, just absolutely loving. Corey Connors for a top twenty, forty nuggets at plus two twenty five. Mm, Feel really good, good about that that's one. A good bet. Neil's gonna love that. Play. He will. I got uh, Keegan Bradley. Unfortunately, that's sorry, TC, plus two twenty five for a top twenty as well. Twenty nuggets on that. Played well here in twenty twelve. Of course, nothing happens in between the nine years. You know, but <laughs> in between, it's uh, just going straight off of. Past history at this golf course always always plays well I here. If he unpacked his suitcase from Kiowa, might <laughs> <laughs> be wearing the same clothes. Cam Smith, I'm in on him as well for a top 10, 20 Nuggets at plus four hundred. Uh, I feel really good about that one. And then my winner, who I think is going to win the tournament, Victor Hovland, twenty Nuggets plus two thousand. Uh, feel really good about all of those, and I am ready for some major championship golf. He's, he seems like he's. He's going to make the leap here soon, right? It seemed, This would make a lot of sense, right? Yeah. I mean, with Morikawa winning last year and just the way he's been trending, this seems like a, a good venue for that to happen. I'm, but, a, little bit, I'm a little bit spooked that, uh, you know, like the Paspalum, Cam, and Leash, and those guys are going to want to play it off the ground a little bit more. Which is tough to not do. not going to, yeah. yeah. I, th- I think they're pros. They'll probably figure that out in the practice hey. round, I have a feeling, but I know. who could or say? Or they might watch this video. Could have just <laughs> saved him a number of shots. Yeah. Who knows? Bones is on the bag for Max, uh, and there's range finders in play this week. I, that, I'm sure that'll be an unnecessary storyline that won't really affect your viewing experience, but I'm sure we'll be hearing plenty of that. But uh, anything else before we wrap up? I'm a little bit disappointed that Randy didn't pick like a low, a low club pro play. or a, Well... If our friends at DraftKings want to put make that available on their stand up that market, website, I for sure would dabble in that. Well, I am looking forward to watching some major championship golf. We'll be doing live shows at the end of every round. Uh, they'll be available on our YouTube channel. They'll be available live streamed on Twitter, and they'll go on our podcast feed after those are done. And uh, we'll be around on Twitter all week. So get in on the fun there and be super fun and really nice to us, please. Because. <laughs> Twitter's been a tough scene lately, but uh, yeah, thanks everyone for tuning in. And uh, if you're listening on the podcast, go check out the rest of this podcast. Will be our uh, quick little hit with Scott Van Pelt, who's on site. And if you're watching on YouTube, head over there, uh, the podcast feed, and check that out. Cheers, cheers, crack on. Cheers. All right, SVP, thank you so much for joining us. We we're recording this on Monday evening, as I understand it. You got on site today. How did you spend uh, your Monday at Kiowa? Uh, I just made a beeline for the range because. When I used to do, like, I mean, I'm going way back to Golf Channel days. Uh, the best the best place on a Monday, for sure, is just the range, just to catch up to people. And then I'm going to I'm gonna spend most of Tuesday on the golf course, basically 1 to 18, uh, just to reacquaint myself with the joint, because it's been a minute, as they say. But, like, everybody was on the range. And I'll tell you what was interesting was that, like, typically, 
on a day like today, like maybe somebody's seen it. A lot of guys are just showing up. Every person I talked to had played at least nine. Everybody. And I, f I, thought, I felt that was pretty instructive to the fact that this is a place a lot of dudes aren't familiar with. And it's a place that I don't think you can learn enough about. And guy, it clearly, clearly, remember the classes we took in, you know, in college where you just kind of sleep your way through it and just cram the night before the exam? I was pretty much my entire existence in, at Maryland. Uh, this feels like one where guys are in the front row. <laughs> taking notes from the from the minute class starts. That, that's the sense I got of it anyway. So had a chance to catch up uh, with a lot of people. Um, the, the highlight of the day, and you know this because I sent you the picture, uh, I'm standing on the range and I'm talking to Bones, who's with um, Max Homa this week, as you know. I look up and I said, oh my God, it's the big rig. Now that's what we call Harry Higgs. So Bone says, do you want to meet him? And I'm like, I, I, don't, I don't know if I'm ready. I don't, I don't, like, I don't know if I'm mentally prepared for this. And, and Bones is like, just come on. And we go walking over, and I'm like, big rig. And what an absolute beauty Higgs is. Oh, I just, best. I love him. I just, I get a kick out of his whole deal. Um, like, the, we talked about the Safeway, shirt, collar wide open, shirt kind of half tucked, half not. Just, did he make a double eagle there? I think he did, yes. Albatross, he, the, the golf purists are going to get all over you for that one. So just to give you a chance to correct yourself there. But whatever. Yes. <laughs> Fuck golf Twitter. You know what I mean. It's an Albatross. We all, Sarah's in. Okay, we know. The big rig made it two. How about that? There we go. And, and so my guy, Stanford Steve's just like, what's this guy's story? I'm like, I don't know, but I love him. And so we just decided at that point that we loved the rig. And I got a chance to make sure... Like he, I guess, said he goes by the Big Beauty. I said I, it clearly applies, but he liked Big Rig. Uh, we talked some bad beats. We talked some gambling. We talked life. Uh, I just, I think he's awesome. I, I, you know, he, he and I both R-rated language leaks into our, you know, into our kind of day to day. I guess you could say it. And uh, I don't know. To me, he's just. I, I think we can relate to people like uh, like him a lot more than we can. Some of these perfect swings and zillion dollar dudes. He's uh he's one of us, and so it was it was awesome to meet him and to find out that he gets that you know like we're not we're not having a laugh at the expense. We're saying like I want to I want to sit down and have some Tito's with you, and I know he likes it because he said so on the Twitter. <laughs> well, I wasn't planning to go this direction with you first, but you mentioned Stanford Steed and bad uh, bad beats, and I sent this to you a couple months ago. When I go back and watch the Abilene Christian. Uh, bad beat, and I will have to share it. Uh, I always forget to share the things I, I swear I'm going to share in the show notes. But the thing you guys did on the Abilene Christian cover is that the is that the can you explain that one to us? And is that the the number one bad beat in your book? Well, explain it. How do you explain it? <laughs> um, I guess the way I'd say it is some poor bastard out there had Abilene Christian against Virginia. Plus, I want to say it was 30... It's 39 and a half to my memory. I've watched it a lot of times. Thank you. And they were down by more than that. And then they got a touchdown, and they the touchdown got them within the number. And you're like, they're not going to onside kick it, are they? I mean, they're down by a million. And they didn't. They kicked it off deep. Now... The, the story from the Virginia side goes that the there's like 30 seconds left in the game, okay? 
And the story from the Virginia side goes that the coach called in a play that was right next to kneel down on like their play sheet, but they signaled it in wrong. And so Virginia, from like their own two-yard line, runs this double pass. And you're like, what in God's name are they doing? And Stanford Steve on the bat, like when we recorded it, he's like, you ever seen number 99 throw it to 36 and 36 throw it back to 99? Or maybe I'm getting the numbers. Maybe it's 99 to 36. Whatever the hell it is, dudes from Virginia are chucking it all over the place in their own end zone. Up by like and, 36 points or something. Right. Or 38. And then, yes. And then Abilene Christian, they sack him in the end zone and it's a safety. And so... At that point, Abilene is now, in theory, safe because now they're down by 30, by 34. Except you realize what this means if you're a gambler. And what this means is Abilene Christian is getting the ball back after the safety. And they're clearly not content to just let the game end. They're driving the ball down the field. And, and I, I say driving, they've got time to make like three passes. So now, with seconds left in this ridiculous game, Abilene Christian throws a pass, and it's picked off, and the man from Virginia returns it 80 yards for a touchdown. As the clock hits zeros, they don't kick the extra point because there's no need to kick the... Well, it's zeros. And I've left out of the fact that after, Virginia, after Abilene scored a late touchdown, they... Their, their quarterback did this ridiculous celebration, which caused them to get like a 15-yard penalty, and they missed the extra point. <laughs> that point that they missed would come in very handy at the end. It would have meant that they covered. But because of this touchdown on the last play, they lost by 40 points, and you're getting 39 and a half. Now, the thing about this is you're asking yourself, reasonably, you're reasonably asking yourself, who in the hell had Abilene Christian plus 39? Nobody. Well... Because our viewers are the best viewers, just like your listeners are the best listeners, some poor bastard from Kentucky sent me his bet slip. Oh, no. And he had 400 American U.S. dollars on Abilene Christian plus 39 and a half. And I haven't done this yet, but I saved his address. And my intention is I want to just I want to mail him $400 because I feel like he should have that bet, like, refunded. Um I haven't done it yet, but like this, hold on. Oh, perfect. Come on in. Dinner has arrived. Hmm. We're pausing right at the bad beat section of the, of the story. One second. If I may interject with it, the, the part that just gets me is 67, get on your horse. Steve single-handedly brought get on your horse back because there's, there's an offensive lineman for Abilene Christian, number 67, who is in hot pursuit on the last play of the game. And when I say hot pursuit, um, I mean, how fast do you think number 67 for Abilene Christian can run? <laughs> it ain't very fast. And so that's how that this, this dude in Kentucky who mailed me his bet slip lost 400 on, um, on Abilene. And, the horse is on him! <laughs> yeah, the horse, get on your horse. I said the horse is on him. I, I mean, the, the, the reaction, it was so sincere, Sally. Like, the people loved it. They just, they loved how pissed I was. Yes. And, but it was so genuine because it's like, it didn't happen to me, but it did because anybody that's ever bet has had something like that happen. Only the, it was just visceral. Like people's, cause it was so stupid. It was so preposterous that anyone would have it, but you, we all knew someone did. And now I know the guy that did. Mm. 
That's the best. Well, um, to our golf listeners that were not interested in that story, I, I feel bad for you because that's a tremendous, tremendous story. And that's like my, I got to get, I got to link, I got to remember to put the link to the video in there because it's truly, it's worth watching, even if you don't bet, but if you're, (laughs) but if you're a golf fan, you definitely bet. So we know you do. You don't have to. through all of this. Yeah. I I just can't. What have I just, what what have I just watched? But anyway. Anyways. So heading to Kiowa, um, I want to know, well, first of all, you know, the hours of programming this week for ESPN, ESPN Plus, and CBS are just in- insane. You guys are making me have to do a lot of work to watch TV. But I'm sorry. Any new, uh, any bells and whistles or anything we should be looking out for this coming week? Mm-mm. We just want to do whatever we did last year at um, Harding Park when Golf Twitter, the hardest people in the world to please, largely thought, hey, this isn't terrible. Right? Like people, well, but you know what? We, we, had, we had so many things conspiring in our favor I mean, we're coming out of a pandemic. It's the first significant championship. It's a West Coast major. It lends itself to you don't have to get up early on the East Coast, and you get to watch it in prime time. And Harding Park was pretty cool. And you had like, like Talladega. There were like ten wide coming down into the weekend. It was, it was in many ways we had everything line up for us. But I also do think if I'm going to give ourselves credit, and I get, I know you, you all in your audiences. Um, response would probably be, well, how much credit do you want for showing golf? Because that's your job. You're right. But we, we kind of tried to hit the ground running and just show as much golf as we could. And that's always going to be our goal. Um, Mike McQuaid, who's uh, our guy in the seat directing it all, does an amazing job of trying to keep it moving. And you're never going to satisfy uh, the golf fan who only wants to see golf shots. Um, we are going to weave in stuff from time to time. Um, but I think, you know, our goal is always how much golf can we squeeze into each segment, each hour, each day. And um, I mean, from 7 a.m. until it's done, we're going to be doing that. Well, I think also, too, you're you're afforded some luxuries when you're on for that many hours in a day, right? I think a lot of the issues, at least I have personally, when, when stuff happens is, you know, when, when someone comes on the air for three hours and they spend a third of that in commercial and then try to force in some, uh, some stuff that's not golf-related, it's, it's you just want to scream at the TV. But when you sit down to watch something like a major championship and you got some chances to do some storytelling and things like that, I think it kind of brings gravitas to the event, right? And it's it makes it feel special because it is special. And that's what I said on the earlier half of this podcast, I love when you guys come on just to hear some different voices in golf. And we hear your voice enough on golf uh, throughout the course of the year. It's not truly different, but it's a change of pace from the week to week. And it makes it feel like a big time event. And well, I and- think people, people know people in this sport know, like, look, it's like if, if someone shows up and starts saying like he hit a birdie, they're like, well, <laughs> who let this joker in the booth? I mean, I think people in the sport know that, that I, this is how I got into this business is covering the game. And, you know, the relationship that David and I have, which goes back to when he was the number one player in the world, it, it creates for, I hope, um, for the viewer, comfortable a comfortable listen because it's a very comfor- comfortable conversation for us. And, you know, the thing I'm proud of about our group is we don't do it. And we show up and somehow it ham and eggs, I think, pretty nicely because we've got a good group. And we also do have, to your point, we got the, the, the bandwidth to do all this stuff. We got hours and hours and hours and hours. And so mostly we want to show the golf, give the context, give, you know, sit next to David is, is, is a luxury. This is a guy who I think is, can truly relate to each player in the field, right? Like if you're a great amateur, he's been that. If you're an All-American, he's been that. If you're a number one in the world, he's been that. You're a major champ, been that. Been a guy who struggled with his game and had doubt. Done that. Been injured. All of it. Like he, there's, there's no box on the, on the, on the list of things you could check off that he can't 
uh, ha- have uh, some sort of an insight too. I-, I enjoy that, and thankfully we'll have Curtis with us on site. We didn't at uh, Harding Park because of where we were in coronavirus situation. So he'll he's on site, and our whole crew is. So it'll it'll be um, I don't know. I, I think I think we're all excited to be here. You know, like just getting here. You're like, man, this is such a I don't know if unique's the right word. It's certainly rare. Something that feels this seaside linksy, this much kind of out and back, even though the routing is not a true nine out, nine back. You get nine going each way. And it's, it's just different, you know. The, and there's the whole die bit. I'm sure you guys have gotten into most of that, you know, the, the legendary stories about what when they built it and his wife's role and, like, whether the fairways are elevated and this and that. There's just, there's just a, there's, there's a million different possibilities of things you could get into from a story perspective. And then... Dudes are going to go play golf, and you're going to get to talk about it. Mm-hmm. No, I, I think I, as the you know we're, I say this on Monday evening as the week goes along, we're not very far into the week, but as you know as we've gotten up closer to this event, I keep getting more and more hyped for it. Right, one because I think a golf course that involves as many people as this one will, it just perks you know gets my attention in terms of it's not going to be just straight driving contest. It's not going to look like Winged Foot did at the U.S. Open. It's not going to look like what uh, Beth Page Black did at the PGA a couple years ago. It's it's I really don't know what to what to who to, how to handicap it or who to lean towards. So, you know, you said you're going to do your walk of the golf course tomorrow, and I'm sure you'll have a little more insight once you do that. But you know, from just being on site, it's kind of seeing the grass type, seeing the winds blowing. Did you get any kind of vibe as to what uh, what where you would be looking in a in handicap for handicap purposes? Well, I will say this. I mean, you know, I you go back and you look at the old broadcasts, and you you know what it's like is like I've been so lucky to go to so many great golf courses that it's like a movie or a book you read a long time ago. If you've read a million books or seen a million movies since, and someone says, remember that movie you saw like in 2000 or whatever, and you go, hold on, let me, I, I probably lost the plot here. But then as soon as you're, like if you hit play on, you know, on Netflix or something, you're like, oh, right like a, a whole like three that, that's drivable and there's a tree right there in the middle. The par threes are all, I think, a lot of fun. I mean, 17 is the, the most notable, but I think I think they all ask something of the players. I think the third, which I mentioned a moment, a moment ago, and it almost reminds me of Augusta in some ways, the third hole. Not that the, the green size is the shape, the, uh, the shape is the same size, but just that you could entertain driving it down there. But if you do, what's the risk of that? Like, does, would you rather lay back just from, it's just so much strategy is involved in the golf course. And so to the point you make, like if you can hammer it, great. Sure, that's always going to help you. But I lean on somebody that's going to have a short game that they really trust. And it's going to have to get you out of trouble. And it's going to, in some cases, give you opportunities to score. But these greens, be as, as elevated as they are and as exposed as they are, unless you're really, really striking the snot out of your ball and you've got every iron exactly right, which in this wind, I don't know how you're going to do that, then you're going to have to really lean on short game. And just one, one comment that uh, Tony Finau made to me today when I saw him on the range, and, and this is always, I think it's a good sign just for what it's going to look like on TV. He said, these are the best greens we've seen all year, bar none. And he said, inside 10 feet, I think you're going to see guys make a ton of putts because they're just, they're pure and you're going to trust your line. So you're not kind of hitting and hoping. To me, that was something that just caught my attention because he didn't mean, you know, that inside that 10 foot range, like that's the difference in a golf tournament, isn't it? Week in and week out. How many? How many of those do you make? It's flattish. The the greens are are flat to begin with, right? Just because yep. with the winds and, and the way that course plays in general, and they're not there's not crazy contours, there's not crazy slopes. They're going to feed balls towards pins and whatnot. That's a really interesting nugget there. That uh, 
you know, if it does turn into a bit more of a putting contest, I think that kind of answers. Uh, we're trying. I was trying to get through as many t- uh, Twitter questions as we had uh, sent through. Finley RUFC uh, five said uh, uh, under over of minus ten winning score and what's likely to be uh, and what's likely to be the hardest hole. I'll, I'll just direct that first part at you and minus ten winning score. If you're saying that, if Tony Finau is saying they're going to make a lot of putts from ten feet and in, that makes me think it's going to be over that or, or lower than that. Lower than that, yeah. right? I, I I think, but I mean, however, like. Standing on this range, and it feels a lot like an open championship range in that it's the ocean is in view, it's massive, and the wind is howling directly in your face. Like it feels like you're on, you know, pick pick a range, Muirfield, wherever, and it, and the, the wind's just blowing dead in. It also is supposed to perhaps change directions, which. You know, legend has it, what, in 91 for the Ryder Cup, it blew one direction for three days and they put a, you know, they, they put a tee in the ground on Friday, off they went and it was a completely different direction uh, of, for a golf course nobody knew to begin with. So I think that so few people know it well that if, if it's totally different once we start, I, that, that might make scoring difficult. But like everyone that I talked to today said, look, the downwind holes are, are a blast and you could shoot, you can, you could, you know, you can make some scores. And then you turn around and you come into it. And like any of those holes to finish is going to be no bargain. I mean, I, just, I think 17 is just so, like, it's not just that it's the 17th, as you know, eventually it's the 71st, right? And, you know, say you're nursing a one-shot lead on that tee and say the wind's in. Like, Finau told me he hit four iron today and hit it perfect. But he said if we'd have been back, he'd have had, like, a driving iron. And that's Finau, you know? Like, what are we talking about if you're, like, Patrick Reed? What's your club you're pulling on that hole? I just think it's so visually intimidating. And as I say, like that stretch, if it's into the prevailing and it's 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, all into it, well, any of those holes could be a hole where you make a big number. Yeah. Well, it's funny, you know, we the only major championship experience we have on this golf course is Rory running away and hiding and winning by eight, which so we don't have that memory of somebody as little as much as like a three shot lead would be interesting still when you get to 17 because there's nowhere to bail like it's it's like playing it's similar to playing the island green at, at sawgrass like no matter how big your lead is i i'm stuck to the tv until you get aboard on 17 right and you know right. that that is going to be a factor the, this the, week the difference sure. except the difference of course is it's not a wedge in your hand exactly it's, i mean you know, I think I think we all kind of roll our eyes. It's like at it, Sawgrass. It's like this is the biggest green out here, and you got a wedge. <laughs> like hit the friggin' green. Whereas, you know, if it's two twenty something and it's howling and you're holding a four iron, like I don't know, man. Like it's he, and he said he hit it perfect on Monday, but you know, come Sunday, it's a whole different. Uh, to quote my colleague uh, Bomani Jones, "Lemon booty." Like it starts to creep, starts to creep up a little bit on a Sunday afternoon. Well, one, two guys I'm, I'm really struggling to handicap, and I don't know if you saw either of them out there today, and we didn't spend a lot of time on the early half of this podcast talking about, and our two guys that have won major championships. One guy has won four of these. Uh, DJ has won two of them. But you, with everything, the way they've trended, both with knee injuries for both of them and how they've played so far this year, there wouldn't be anything that would make you say, yeah, these guys are going to show up. And I want to bet them to miss the cut, but... I just, I'm afraid to. I'm apprehensive about Brooks Kepka and Dustin Johnson leading into this. I have zero idea what to expect. Did you pick up on anything from any of the range conversations you had today? Uh, I saw Brooks briefly, and then he was gone by the time I got down a little bit closer. Dustin is, is the, Dustin's the bigger um, question mark to me. Because I just don't, like, we're just not used to seeing him have a prolonged period of time where he plays ordinary golf, you know? And so 
like I, I totally understand why you'd say like I, I don't know what your get, I don't know what the get back is to miss the cut. But if he if you take him to miss the cut and then it's Thursday and he's six under par, you're gonna feel like an idiot. You know, well, it's the, one of those things. That it doesn't matter if you lose or you know lose or win. If you lose by a mile, it's like whatever. You know, well, no, for sure. I, I'd rather <laughs> I'd rather that because yeah. then you could you know then you can root for him to just you know put himself in contention and, and watch him try to win. That I, I get it. Put it this way, and I, I'm I'm kind of answering by not answering. I don't know how you could back either one. Like it, it, it's if you're it, it, we're guessing right, which is always a bit of of what trying to handicap a major is in the first place, but. You know, you've seen nothing from either that make you feel real good about it uh, coming into this week. And, you know, that's unusual to say about either because, you know, when, when Dustin plays his best, as we saw last fall in the playoff in Augusta, I mean, it's, it's off in the distance on its own. Uh, and Kepka, well, no one's been really any better in the last four years in, these, in, in majors when, when he's been right. But, like, who the hell knows if he's right? I would just leave it alone, yeah. um, but I, but I think, away. but but it'd be it'd be it'd be hard to endorse the idea that that you know you love either, uh, given recent form. What did you uh, did you pick up anything from Bones chatting with him? I, I can't imagine a better guy to catch up with uh, one to talk about the golf course and two just golf and the scene and uh, you know down that range in general than Bones. And I he, just and, you know, I was I was so mesmerized by the big rig that I was just I was just I was <laughs> incapa- I was incapacitated because I was so starstruck, um, but. Um, the uh <laughs> no i just we were you know bones is the all-time best i mean we've known each other a hundred years so it's it, it really just is conversation about kids and you know i'm like i've got little ones and because i got married when i was so you know so late in the game and his are like getting old it's just it's wild when you see you know a a, a, a matt coocher and it's like uh, you know, his kids are, I think, 11 and 13. You, know, you see Stuart Sink and his boy, who I met when he was an infant, is now standing next to his bag, and they won together a couple of times, you know? Um, that, that's what's so cool about this sport, you know? Like, when I met Sink, he was a senior at Georgia Tech, you know? And he was already married and had a kid. He was like, he was that dude. He was already an adult when most of us were still acting like idiots. So catching up with Bones is just more, uh, you know, he, he's the kind of guy... And, and you meet people like this in life, if you're lucky, that ask you how you're doing and ask about your kids and they're actually listening for the answer as opposed to just saying what you say when you see someone. He explained, I guess, Max's caddy qualified for some USGA event. Yeah, the four balls. This, A four the, ball, right? Yeah, went up against this event, yeah. Yeah, so he... so. <clears throat> So Max is, uh, you know, Max's guys qualify for the four ball. And so, you know, here's Bones. And I'm like, you know, I, t- t- I said to Max, I said, you know, this guy's done pretty well when he stepped in and grabbed a bag. You know, he's, he's, he, and, and Bones, because he's Bones, he's like, well, yeah, you know, jockeys that go into the uh, gate with a good horse typically do well. You know, he's deferring to his player. But, you know, mostly it was just, mostly it was just catching up because, uh, as I said, that's always the best place to spend time and kill a couple of hours. And, because I'm not out here as much as I once was, uh, it's it's more than anything a chance to, in some cases, like say hello to people, you know, that they never have had a chance to meet. But um, it was it was a Hall of Fame day out there. I mean, all all the big boys were out, and as I say, like a lot of work being done, which to me again is interesting. Um, look, you go to Augusta, everybody knows it already, and if and if you don't, you're going to just go out there and be a tourist to a degree, and spend a little bit of time here. It feels like there's just a whole lot of intel. That, that players are going to try to pick up on as quickly as they possibly can. Hmm. 
Well, let's get you out of here on this. I don't know if you pull a Herb Street on on events that you're you're calling if you won't give a pick or not. But uh, do you have do you have a go to guy that you're you're you have circled for a, a pick this week, regardless of odds? I I I, I like Reed. Some of it is just I, I want someone who I think can shrug off uh, a bad a, a, a bad hole. You know, say you make a double. You're like, all right, I'll keep just keep my head down and keep going. Someone who's who's short game can can be a, a weapon. I don't know why. I, I just jotted him down before I got here. Now, um, you know, I'm always, uh, I mean, I'm always interested as I'm walking around from like, just what, what you pick up from people. And this isn't because I'm trying to like bet, bet on someone and retire. I just, I'm going to be on the air for hours and hours and hours Thursday and, and, and Friday. And you just want to have an, an inkling from players, you know, who has a, who has a level of comfort. You just want to be educated so you can kind of help your, you know, help the viewers understand what you understood from the players. You know what I'm saying? Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, yeah. You want to be prepared for the storylines, be able to talk well, about yeah, that, it, that, and yeah. Well, sure, of course, of course. But but I think that you know when you're and you you guys have the same type of thing because you you're you're ingrained in the sport. When you have that kind of access, like again, I'm not I'm not trying to like get a hot tip that you know what I mean that I'm, that I'm trying to cash at the window. I just I really want to just get a sense of of just what it is that the test presents. And where they feel, where guys feel comfortable, and where guys feel stressed by the golf course, because you know, uh, I, I think it, it makes you a better sort of, it puts you in a better position to, to do a decent broadcast. And but I, I all I'm ever going to do is just turn to David and ask, you know, again, what's somebody trying to take on here? What's and tomorrow I'll, I'll walk with him, which was a, a blast to do last year at uh, at Harding Park. But that was so eerie, man, because there was no one there. You know, it was just us on this big ass ballpark walking around speaking of which like i don't know how much of it they'll play i mean i'll try not to make a big deal about the number because it's just it's which the max distance you could play on each tee they clearly won't do that every day as you guys know like how 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 long it is really isn't the the, the issue um no it doesn't play yeah. that long you know and i'd be curious no, more to get not. david's uh you know even from the yardage i'd be curious to get david's you know input on that too but it just i, I am interested i'm interested in what he thinks because i mean like what you know, half of them are going to be downwind anyway. You know, it's it's like it's tr- it's as linksy as anything we see visually. Um, but I mean, on a Monday night, like not having had a chance to talk to to everybody and get a sense. And, and the, as you know, those caddies are always like, "Who do you like and why?" Because I, you know, they see guys out there. They they they'll, they'll see a course and maybe they think based on, you know, having played it, they just don't think it makes sense to for so and so's game. Um, uh, I feel like I'll know more later, so I'm not trying to be. Um, no, it makes sense. Not trying to shrug any of this off as much as I just sort of. I arrive liking Reed. I don't know. I'm just curious your reaction to that. that if that makes sense to you at all, it makes a lot of sense. Both with I don't think it's going to be a driving contest. I, I do think driving accuracy is going to be decently important. And to your point, I mean, it's it's it, you know it's seaside, but it doesn't play linksy because the greens sit perched up, and you don't you got to land the ball on the green to hold the greens. It's it's not a lot of opportunities to bounce it up on there, but. I think there's going to be a fair amount of missed greens this week, and no one is more creative with shots around the green and different grass types than Patrick Reed is. So I, I do, I think it's I, when I say linksy, I just I think like it's visually like sure. it's like the like the overheads, like when you see the overheads, you're going to say, oh, like it. it I mean, I'm, I'm not saying we're playing at Troon or something. I do think it's visually intimidating in the same way that golf over there can be too, where it's kind of inviting you in one direction. But like on certain holes, like I'm thinking like 13, like you have to hit cut. And if you don't, like, okay, you're going to end up in those bunkers. But like, 
how much do you cut? I don't know. I just, I, I feel like, I feel like it stresses you from the beginning to the end, which is why I'm hesitant to say that like a really low number wins. Like, like go back to Rory, like outside of him, I want to say five was in second, I think. Like it wasn't like when he went a congressional and everybody went low. You know what I mean? It right. wasn't like there were fifteen guys that were you know high high single digits and low teens under. I mean, he was the only one that year that, that was there, I believe. Well, the way I look at die courses, it's it's a bit like technical skiing, right? You got to kind of you know hit, you got to avoid the moguls, and there's not it's it's not a multiple choice test. Well, it's a multiple choice test in that. I guess it's not a multiple choice test because you got to show your work, right? You got to, you can't just get the right answer. Sometimes, you know, there's some courses you can kind of cheat a little bit by bombing it or do this, this, and this. It's like, there's no way to, like you're talking about on 13, you got to hit it this way. And then, you know, you got to hit a shot shape like this way coming into the green, which might be opposite of what you hit off the tee. There's not one way to just bully the golf course around. Now, there's no trees kind of limiting where what start lines you can have off the tee, so you can stick to one shot shape if you really want to, but that's kind of the only thing out there that, you know, the only freedom you get. The rest of it's like you got to hit this point, then hit this point. It's like slalom more than it is, you know, just straight downhill skiing. Does that make sense? What a f that's a fun analogy. Uh, I just... Um... I, I just think that it, it doesn't it doesn't limit your like you say show your like it's I'd say okay I'll get I'll see your essay your uh, your analogy and raise you one I feel like it's an I feel like it's an essay test because I don't think that there's one way to answer it does that make sense I feel like there there are there are different answers that could be the right answer if you're able to explain why and and so. Um, Maybe work this is work that into the TV broadcast this week. We'll listen for that. All right, bro, my my man, I'm on for so many hours. If I, you know, and if I don't drop an, I told Justin today. I said no f bombs when you putt. Like last year, he had that one uh, memorable. You got to be effing kidding me. Uh, and I just said, well, I refuse to apologize because I said anybody that plays the game understands the language of the game. But uh, if if I don't if I don't curse uh, during the time that we're on the air, then we, we start with that. That was always my. Uh, word of encouragement to my gang, David Faraday. Every, anytime I saw David, the last thing I'd say is, don't say fuck. And that was always our thing. It was like a little fist bump, and that would be the goal. And then everything <laughs> else was gravy. I love it. I can tell you're excited. You got me excited. We'll be watching all week, and I uh, appreciate you taking a little time out of your uh, your busy week to share with our listeners. Not and, at uh, all. And, hey, and I, I uh, continue to enjoy what you guys do, and uh, it seems like it's only getting bigger and, and more in, important in the sport, and uh, you guys are, I think I said this before, you guys are authentic, uh, sincere, uh, and enjoyable voices in the game. So continue just being who you are and, and doing your thing. It's great fun to, to listen and watch. I appreciate that, man. Best of luck yes, this week. We'll, oh. we'll chat soon. Take care. Right. Be good. Cheers. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Johnny, yeah. that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Expect anything.